Welcome to Comfortable Place on the Couch Series 2, a regularly scheduled podcast where two Canadians talk about a band full of Australians with a New Zealander bassist to Midnight Oil fans from Thunder Bay to Wagga Wagga. Yeah, we'd love to know if there's any listeners in Wagga Wagga. Wagga Wagga, as you know, Robin, the largest inland city in the state of New South Wales. Hey, well done. Thank you. Yeah, as I know. <laughs> Joining me each episode is my best friend and fellow Midnight Oil enthusiast, Robin Harbin. Welcome to the sunroom and the couch, it's, Mr. Harbin. It's wonderful to be back here again, Darren. It seems like we've like skipped the entirety of our summer months. Yeah, you, you were really busy uh, for a lot of the summer. I was. S- seemed like you're taking off every other weekend. Yeah, just things ended up happening and the summer went fast and I was here, there and everywhere. Yeah, uh, we did get together yeah we actually did release two this summer you we know did. Yeah, yeah we did uh there was our special mountain bonus episode so if you missed that go back and before that we did listen to four four songs four from songs. the blue sky mining era and yeah that came out end of june beginning of july yeah i yeah. think that was summer ish but it seems like it's been us. a while it has been a while we're in the dog days of summer up here in thunder bay these days yeah in the beginning of september we're still yeah. in the sunroom. Yeah, we're in the sunroom. Uh, we've been recording our podcast, our, our new podcast, Growing Up 80s as well. Yeah. So in case you haven't heard about that, you might like it. We've talked about things like Donkey Kong and E.T. and... The Commodore 64, Commodore 64. and the Ghostbusters soundtrack. Yeah. That was actually kind of interesting to do. We did, because we do music on this particular podcast, but we did a totally non-Midnight Oil album. On our other podcast. Yep. Talk through the whole album as if it were an album. Yes. We we went track by track like we do with oils, but there was no oils on that. It was strange, but we ended up talking about the oils on it. Yeah, we did. Yep. So look out for that. You might enjoy it. You may. But today we're here to talk Midnight Oil. Absolutely. We're talking about Blue Sky Mining era songs that never came out on the album. Oh, okay, yeah. I was I actually didn't look into the dates of these. I was gonna ask you about yeah. that. But there's a definite blue sky mining vibe to today's songs, mm-hmm. just like last yep. the last episodes. Yeah. Uh those songs also. Yeah, so we've got uh, four songs that we're gonna be taking a look at uh this week. We've got Wreckery Road, we've got the band played the last melody melody. <laughs> we've got um the oil's covering instant karma, and we've got you may not be released. So if you have Lasseter's Gold, you'll be able to get those first two songs from that compilation. And you could get the last two songs from the best of the B-sides if you have that. Or if you have uh, Chico Localo, you can get uh, you may not be released on that as well. So shall we listen to some music and talk about some songs? Totally. You know what we should do? No. Do we have any business as usual? Oh, our buddy Jake... He sent us some uh, oh, cool. video from um, the First Avenue show in Minneapolis, which was just over a year ago that we were oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so maybe I can link to that in our show notes. Oh, yeah. Dan was telling us that Huey is the the name for God. Yeah, that's right. In surfer... Surfer lingo. For surfer lingo. Yeah, that's right. Ghost of the Roadhouse. So thank you very much, Dan, for clearing that up. 
Um, just want to say hi to our buddy Troy J, who said that he's looking forward to uh, more oils content coming from us soon. Fingers crossed. So here you go, Troy. Thank you for your patience. And we got an email from Andrew. This is Andrew F. Andrew F. And he's hoping that we'll be reviewing some of the demos that ended up on YouTube. And maybe some of them are not on Lasseter's Lasseter's Golden's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd definitely like to do that. He's saying that they weren't, uh, that they aren't in the overflow tank as far as he knows. We will look into that and we we may get to them. One last uh, email that I have is from our buddy Grant saying good day guys and he had uh, a musical insight to Reckery Road and I had picked up on that as well so thank you Grant for that and I think I'm going to hold on to that for the musical discussion. Okay so you've got that in your notes for later. Great. And that's all I have. Road, what a cool name! Very cool name. Jim Magini, Rob Hurst, 1990 Blue Sky Mind demo. Do we know the history of how this song came to be on the Ghostwriters album? Well, I presumed it was Rob wrote this song that he really liked. It didn't make it on to Blue Sky Mining, and he said, "Eh, I'll throw it on the Ghostwriters project." Yeah, I don't. That's just an assumption, though. Right, and so what's curious, though, is with Jim's writing credit on it, yep. did Jim's part get used in the Ghostwriters version? Because what, what year's that Ghostwriters album from? This, goes, this is Ghostwriters from 1991. Oh, okay. Yeah, so only like a, a year, year later. later. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they are fairly different songs. In fact, I played the two for Rihanna, I played the Oils one, and we, we listened to it. It's my daughter, Rihanna, for any new listeners. Uh, I don't think we get new listeners no. at this point. Okay. <laughs> I'll never tell anybody again who, who this Rihanna is. No, that's fine. Uh, she actually said, is this the same song? And she wasn't totally sure because mm-hmm. the Ghosties version sounded so different to her. Yeah. Yeah. And while I was actually listening on YouTube to the version, oh, to a live version of it, and it was a. It sounded way different too. The way they were doing it, it was very much uh, kind of sounded almost like clockwork with the rhythm and stuff going on too. So yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, and I could tell that Rob had changed up some of the melodies. That live version, who was performing it though? Like um, the Oils it, or the Ghost? It, it was said. It said Ghostwriters. Okay, yeah, and yeah. it definitely sounded like Rob singing it, yeah. which is you know different than listening to Pete sing it. Very. Yeah. So it's funny that I was introduced to this song through the Ghostwriter CD and I enjoyed it and kind of got used to it, but I haven't listened to it probably for a couple, few months. Mm-hmm. And so the version that's stuck in my head right now is the Oils version, the Oils demo version. And I'm also thinking of the Oils version now. That's what's in my head too. Good. 
Gulp. Mm. So, Darren, what you drinking there? I am uh, drinking a Beaver Duck from Sleeping Giant Brewing Company. Ooh, a Beaver right Duck. Right here in Thunder Bay, an American pale ale. Dry hopped with Galaxy and Amarillo hops. This unfiltered pale ale has the citrusy aroma of tangerine and pine with a clean finish. <laughs> a true hybrid Beaver Duck is an APA with distinctive hoppiness, subtle bitterness, and a clean finish. Wow. They sure know how to describe their beers. Keep this beer cold, just like Thunder Bay. Okay, Darren, Rectory Road. Rectory Road, it's, musically. Musically, we're talking about, it's in B minor. Okay. And it's... Yeah, it sounds like a minor song, now that you mention it. I do want to compare it a little with the Ghost Riders version. Sure. The, the Ghost Riders version is a much more uh, droney song. It's like a much more of a kind of one chord mm-hmm. song. Uh, for the verses, and it's in C minor, a little higher, but then every chorus goes to D major in the Ghostwriter's version, and there's a real lift for every yeah. chorus. It's interesting. Okay. It's actually, in a way, I prefer that. I like that aspect of yeah. the Ghostwriter's one. And as you mentioned that, I recall listening to the Ghostwriter's live version on YouTube that I heard this afternoon thinking, oh, did they like totally change keys going into the chorus? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it, it, it's actually kind of interesting in that sense. And there's a real kind of droning acoustic guitar. They're just hitting that guitar every quarter, like mm-hmm. just bang, 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 bang. Yep. The Oils version does have that kind of drive yep. to it. And that drone, especially from and the bass. Drone. Yes, yeah. But it's not quite as extreme. It's a little bit more... I'd say more melodic or more harmonic Okay. Uh, in the Oils version. Yeah. But maybe not as, as moody or the final Ghost Rays version has a bit more, a little bit more atmosphere to it or, sure. or something. That's how I'd describe it. That uh, bass, it just pounds on that single note all the way through up to that first deliver me bit. Like it's just... You've got the intro, and yeah. then it just sits there, and it just plunks away, steady as can be, one yeah. note all the way through. Yeah, and then there there is some interesting bass stuff in the song, but it, it doesn't open that way. No. So it does have that kind of driving sense, and mm-hmm. it's we're talking about a road again. Yeah. So it kind of has that rhythm to it that I think was on some of Diesel and Dust as well. Sure. Maybe we call it like uh, that corrugated road or uh gun barrel ish yeah kind of gun barrel (laughs) and kind of uh even in the videos for uh is it for diesel oh yeah when they're in that jeep yeah or the land rover they're in the land rover yeah Yeah, and that there's that just that kind of groove to it just as we go into the first verse rob takes a nice little snare break to to intro into that verse and he does that a few times throughout the song just kind of leading into important bits of the song Yeah, this song has those kind of jangly guitar arpeggios Mm -hmm. that really sound like Blue Sky Mining era guitar. And that's where, uh, I think it was Jim playing his big orange... Is it the the hollow-bodied Gretsch 12-string or something? That's right, like a Gretsch. I don't know if it's a 12-string or not, but it's got that ringing sound that a Gretsch has. Uh, is the country gentleman is yeah. the the big hollow body? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so those kind of lead arpeggios being uh, a chord played note by note. Mm-hmm. Guitar lends itself naturally to it because you fret the chord with your left hand, mm-hmm. 
And then instead of strumming the whole chord, you just pick, pick your way pick through. through string by string. Yeah. Yeah. And when I was first learning guitar around 1990, 91, 92, yeah. uh, I bought the Blue Sky Mining songbook and it had tabbed out like for example the solo intro to river runs red oh yeah that's right that's yeah. something i totally can picture you playing yeah did i you play that have. intro yeah. Uh, yeah is that yeah. when i broke out the guitar for an episode or two uh anyway that is exactly what it sounds like to me there's a sound that uh, a guitar sound that comes in a lot during the song but we hear it during the intro there's like a, just a little guitar bend It sounds really hollow and slidey almost to me. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's somebody doing slide guitar? Do you think that's like that dobro that yeah. kind of has that metallic-y sound that's going I, on? I think it's either it's either dobro or yeah or slide guitar. Yeah, but yeah, it, to me it sounds totally like a dobro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's played uh, quite a bit on this song. Yeah, it, there's like it's got a lick that that we hear a lot, and then it comes in at the end. It comes and it just kind of plays over and over at the end a lot. Yeah. It, Two ten, I think there's a, a particular yep. bit of dobro. Yeah, I think uh, it, I think it like at one, like just around the one minute mark, the two minute mark, again the three minute mark, and mm-hmm. then to the end. Yeah, and at the end there's like a, yeah, like a solo, a dobro, yeah, almost a solo. Now, should we talk about this lick now then? Sure. So this is what uh, I got the one email about, but I had noticed as well. Does it remind you of something else? Because it reminds me of something that made it onto the album. The Forgotten Years? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. 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 To me, it sounds... So, like, do you figure they were saying, like, Jim was just, he had this guitar riff in his head, and he didn't know where it was going to come out and what song it was going to come out, but it was going to make it onto the <laughs> album? This is going on the album yeah, one place one or another. One way or the other. Yeah. And in Forgotten Years, it's at 2.45. Yeah. So if you were going to play both clips, uh, just to show how similar they are. Let's play both clips back to back so that we can hear how similar they are. Interesting, like, what would have happened if Recury Road made it onto the album? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jim, what are you going to do? Yeah, that'd be funny if that is the reason it got canned. It's like, yeah. I want the solo on Forgotten Years instead. And so Rob says, well, fine, Jim, I'm taking this to the Ghostwriters and putting it on my album. <laughs> That's right. Musically, it's it's a relatively simple song. Lots and lots of layers built up through the course of the song. Though, yeah, right? yeah, there's, that's right, there's... Uh, an acoustic guitar prominent under it. There's mm-hmm. an electric guitar. There's the yep. dobro. Yep. Uh, the bass and drums both get their moments to shine. Yep, they do. Uh, there's lots of vocal harmonies, yeah. which, which are surprisingly pitchy at times. Did, yeah. Did you hear that? I was, I was thinking about that too. It's like Bones and Rob, I don't know if it was a deliberate kind of thing that they were trying to go for like the really tight harmonies that almost sound a little bit off. Oh, 
if it's just, oh, we're recording a demo, so whatever, it's not as polished as you might yeah. expect for an album. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they would never put that on no. an album yeah. as is, but there's a few times where they hold those extended notes at the end, and it's like, oh, just, you're not Yeah, it's just a little there. bit disturbing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, we talked about the strummy guitar, and I think you're probably thinking about the... The first time we hear it, or at least the first time I hear it prominently, is around 140, 145. And it's just reminding me of like diesel era guitars just coming in with that, that, that acoustic rhythm. Actually, it sounds a lot like Screamin' Blue to oh, me, yeah. the, the acoustic break. Sure. Uh, that's right. The whole song drops down. There's a very busy acoustic rhythm guitar. And that sounds a lot like yeah, the, of course it is. the very, to me, famous bit in Scream and Blue. Well, my, one of many parts in Scream and Blue. Yeah. But <laughs> so yeah, the song kind of builds up and builds up and builds up. And then after, I think it's the second chorus, and then there's that preparing for the end of the song, do that duck out kind of thing, and then bring it back in for the end of the song, eh? Yeah. So it just builds, 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 and fades, and you've got your one guitar kind of coming back in with picking a few few notes through there. I'm presuming that, you know, Jim's doing that, so Martin kind of lays on a few squawks at that point, and uh, Rob counts us in with the sticks, and they get back into the song at that point. that point you just kind of finish the song that half minute or so is uh just that that lick that we were talking about earlier just kind of repeating over and over the with dobro. the band the dobro sounding thing yeah the dobro sounding thing yeah which is a dobro <laughs> <laughs> probably let's just call it a dobro if we're wrong we're wrong we're wrong <laughs> yeah we know the sound that we're talking about yeah. so what do you figure Recory road is I didn't find an actual recurry road. Yeah, uh, but, nor did I. But a recurry is like a, a car wreck okay, kind sure. of place. Like where uh, you bring your wrecks to and they crunch them down, yeah, strip it, them apart. It even seems in some parts of the states of the U.S. Mm-hmm. they will call it a recurry. Okay, sure. Being what we would often call a... Junkyard? Like a junkyard, yeah. yeah. And there's that line about the rusted... Yes, rusted junk lies yeah, all around. Yeah, rusted junk lies all around. So, yeah, it starts off with, I was born on Silver Street. I lived on Recreary Road. I work in Turkey Town. Mm-hmm. Now, I wasn't able to find any Turkey Towns, except in the U.S. there's some Turkey Towns. Sure, yeah. But it sounds like these are, not euphemisms, but these are, these are, <laughs> yeah. these are slang. This is slang yeah. for areas, like the wrong side of the tracks type places yeah. silver street sounds like oh maybe maybe you were born a little bit high class yeah but you ended up living your life yeah in Recory row Turkey that, town that's right it sounds like for whatever reason this this person is in poverty now yeah. is yeah um not doing well they're kind of in an abandoned part of a city or the world or yeah. whatever yeah um yeah, I kind of came around to the to the point of wondering if you know maybe this is even a song about homelessness at the end Mm-hmm. And the end lyrics are, you know, what's going to deliver me from this cold? You know, are they just out in the cold? And Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's poverty. It also sounds sort of like it's become a ghost town. Mm-hmm. So 
this person may be a victim of yeah. ec- economics, of, yeah. of boom and bust. Yeah, there's the line about uh, the station posters peel, which is a really neat way of saying, you know, there was a subway or a, tra- or a train yeah. that came out to this. Uh, it doesn't come out here no more. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's an interesting way of saying that. At the end of someone's map, mm-hmm. you know, city planners or whoever mm-hmm. decide that's just, <laughs> yeah. that that's a dead part of town. Your idea about the boom and bust makes me think about, um, you know, riots and victories and stuff like that. Maybe even thinking like towards union things going on, you know, economic downturns and who's going to deliver me. Maybe the union wasn't able to help me and I've got nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Parts of this seem to get borrowed by Blue Sky Mining, don't they? Like a, sure. Uh, like the actual. Or Blue Sky Mine. Yeah. Sorry, the song. Yeah. Uh, that idea of, uh, you know, who's going to save me. Yeah. Yeah. I did look up Rectory Road, and one of the things that popped up was a Australian rock and blues band from the mid-80s. I noticed them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just interesting that, you know, part of the description was, you know, they played some bleak post-punk kind of stuff. It's like, okay, well, who knows? Yeah. You know, it might be a bit of a stretch to say that there's a connection, but maybe they're just boring the same type of, of names. Yeah, um, maybe Rob was aware of the band. Probably and just, would have been, yeah. 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 Thought that's a neat name and they're not around anymore. Yeah. So we'll use that idea. I don't know. How do you think uh, Recreary Road would have fit on Blue Sky Mining? We always joke around, oh, Blue Sky Mining, full of lots of great mid tempo <laughs> mm, songs. Yeah. Well, I like that. It's more upbeat. So in that sense it's a shame it didn't make it on the album yeah it's got a bit more drive than some of the songs on blue yeah, sky mining have but it does feel like they kind of scrapped this song and stole bits thematically yeah between the forgotten years solo yeah uh some of the ideas going into some of the other songs i yeah. think uh maybe blue sky mining itself blue sky mine in particular yeah. is already kind of this same lyrical vibe in a few songs. I guess yeah. I should think of examples, but well, and it's a bit of a downer song again. It is, yeah. So you're not gonna improve on the dourness of the lyrical content. Yeah, and I think we had a fair bit of B and B minor on Blue Sky Mine. It's possible mining already. Yeah. So it would have been good to have a, a more upbeat. Well, same. We're both yeah. saying it's da- it's a downer and an upbeat. Yeah, I like how this is a faster tempo. Yeah, it's got the tempo, it's got the drive, but it is in a minor key and it's a bleak subject. Yes. So. So they probably made the right call. Well, they certainly made the right call once they stole all the good bits from this song. That actually, it fits in with Recury, doesn't it? Yeah, like that's it's, right. We'll just strip all the good <laughs> stuff out of this salvage. Car. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Next up, the band played The Last Melody. This is Jim and Pete mm. getting some credits on this song in another 1990 Blue Sky Mine Ning. <laughs> <laughs> Ning. 1990 Blue Sky Mining demo. Lyrically, this sounds like a Jim and Pete song to me. If Recory Road sounded like a, yeah, that's a Rob kind of song. This sounds like a Jim and Pete to me. Do you want to start with music again? Yeah. So let's th- let's cue the tape noises at the beginning of this song. Hey, hey, hey. 
I really like this song. I, I like it a whole lot, yeah, too. Yeah, this is, this is really good. Yep. Um, we'll give lots of compelling reasons why this should have made it to be the last <laughs> song on the album after we talk about yeah this this would be a great closer so this is the only song that's really new to me out yeah. of these four yeah uh yeah Recre road we knew the ghosties version yeah. and might as well say like instant karma we've been listening to since uh 1990 or whatever yeah, since high school when they did the exxon protest yeah the exxon protest and you may not be released was included on yes yeah. on the cd Single on, on the single for Forgotten Years, but I think we also got it on one of those mixtapes from the Maybe, internet. Maybe, but, but that's I got it on that CD yeah. way back in the way day. Back in the day, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and that's also a great song. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. But just to say, this is the one that was was new to me. Yes, me I too. Don't, I don't think that's the why only I, reason. The only reason that, I like it, yeah, so much. So let's start it at the beginning. Then we got the tape rolling in. For as much as this is a demo, they've got a lot of those kind of things that you would expect them to add for the album. So like having the the tape roll up to speed and stuff, there's no need to put that in a demo. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's something you put on the album when you're polishing things up and stuff like that. But it's included here on the demo. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot good. Okay, so it's in D major. Yeah. So it's a major song. It's... A pretty good tempo. It's, uh, I think, yeah. uh, above the Blue Sky Mining average. Yeah, it'd be so interesting it, to average that out and find <laughs> out what it is. It would have, I think it would have raised the average a little, at yeah, least. Yeah, Especially if they dropped one of the real dirges on there. Um, we, I like those songs on Blue Sky Mining. Oh, but, yeah. But, you know, uh, we're just, here's just some tips, boys. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> just in case you're revisiting Blue Sky Mining for, yeah. for next time. That's right. <laughs> yeah, boy, this sounds like a Blue Sky Mining song, uh, except all this organ all over it. Yeah. There's uh, a lot of organ. Yeah, especially at the end, eh? Yeah, it it really comes to the fore. I think it's mm. there throughout the song, and it's one of those things where you don't always hear a particularly organ in the mix because it's just so thick it's kind of like right across sure it's just so there it doesn't have its own little sonic space pitch wise or whatever that it lives in like so like other instruments do yeah especially when you're playing a big chord it's low it's high but it's just kind of this wall with such sustain you can almost not hear it Mm -hmm. but then when the other instruments drop out towards the end of the song the organ becomes very prominent yeah yeah um but otherwise it has a lot of the trappings of Blue Sky Mine era music, yeah. which is the strummy acoustic guitar yeah. under things and the twangy slow guitar lines on top of it. Yep. And so again, it's like... It's got that, like those echoey reverby. Yeah. And just playing a slow melody with lots of time for each note. Yeah. Uh, like the intro to River Runs Red again. Uh, That's not the only one, but that's the one that really stands out to me. And then there's a great bass fill at 0.25. You can hear on these demos that Bones was allowed to play the way he wants to play. Yeah. And it wasn't until Warren came in and shut him down. On the actual, in the studio, just like he shut down Giffo's last, like Giffo's last time in the studio on Diesel and Dust, 
We've talked before about my theories about Warren. Yep. How he knows how to make the hits, but there's no place for bass has to be behaved mm. in the studio yep. with, with Warren. It's a shame. Yeah, well, there's, th- there's, there's some fun turnarounds that even the drummer is hearing and enjoying. Yeah. Me, me, the drummer. Y- you being the drummer. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure Rob is Rob probably totally heard on them top too. of it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Rob and the drummer doing things, he's playing, he's either playing the bell on the ride cymbal, or maybe, I don't know if you remember like way back on one of the first albums that we did, we, I was talking about these ice bell things. Where yeah, sometimes I... you'll take like an old ratty symbol that has a good bell and you'll just kind of either cut off the symbol that's fallen apart and just use it as a bell or you can actually buy these bell type things. It sounds like he's he's either reaming on the bell of the ride or maybe he's got one of these ice bells or just a bell that he's he's playing along. Yeah, we've seen some of his kits like that kit for the uh, yeah, yeah. for the backslide, like that's Rob's yeah. backslider kit. He's got the bell there. That's right. And and just in case the listeners understand that when you have a cymbal, you know, they're those big round, round. shiny drums, they look relatively flat. <laughs> they do look flat, but they have a curve, mm-hmm. and especially at the middle, they actually arch up a, like it's it's a real round. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a bell. It is. It's like the top of a bell. Yeah. Yeah, or an upside down bowl, like yeah, quite ups- pronounced. Yes. Yeah. And so it, it gives that bell-type sound. Yeah, so we just kind of banging around on those. Something I notice. Yes. Bones joining in with the singing there? Yeah. Do you think it's primarily Bones, or is it... I'm hearing... I thought I'm hearing Rob as well, but do you think it is mostly Bones? I was thinking it was mostly Bones. Okay. But I sometimes have a hard time. My mind defaults to giving Rob the credit for background vocals, <laughs> even though I know that Bones is really... Um, once he got on board, he was there probably just as much as Rob was. Yeah, and even more sometimes. Uh, yeah. When, yeah. So I'm th- I'm thinking this sounds like Bones to me, but... Yeah. Strangely, I couldn't tell for sure. Hmm. And for some reason, I was leaning a little more towards Rob, but yes. And we've got the, the deep guitar lines as well. We've got the chimey stuff happening, and then we've got like that... I don't think it's the Dobro on this song, yeah. but I think that, you know, somebody's got their AC 30 running with whatever they've got going, but they've got that that shimmery, echoey, low, reverby. Yeah, that, that surf that's right. I might have incorrectly said shimmery before, but it is also low notes on the guitar. Yeah. They're they're using the low E and A and D strings. Yep. Uh, playing down low on the neck rather than your typical squealy meadleys yes. uh, an octave or two higher. Yeah. And that's got that surf guitar kind of sound to it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Darren and I were talking about how we say, yeah, 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 too much at the end of each paragraph. We do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to include that because then people will notice it all the more. We cut lots of them out, but maybe we'll leave a couple in just because they're funny. Hey, Darren, aren't they funny? Oh, they're hilarious, yeah, and I'm not into cutting too much stuff out these days. They're, they're pretty funny, aren't they, Darren? Ha-ha. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. How about that bridge? Yeah. I got a good feeling. From the bottom of the ceiling, I got a good feeling. 
And this is the line that I mishear all the time. Okay. From the floor to the ceiling, I've got a good feeling, is the line. That's the lyric. Yeah. What do you hear? From the blood on the ceiling, I've got a good (laughs) Good feeling. feeling. What is this song about? Wow. No, no. From the floor to the ceiling, I've got a good feeling. There's hope. And you know what? Okay, not to get too much into the lyrics right now, this is... A nice, hopeful song. Another good reason that you might want to put it on Blue Sky Mining. Just to give the the lyrical, let the lyrical content give a little bit of a lift to the album as well. Yeah. Yeah, it really would have made a good ending song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there a key change happening for the bridge here? Uh, we didn't notice one, but it does have a nice lift to it. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, if maybe even just the way the melody for the lyric goes kind of emphasizes more of the what key did you say this was in d? in d d major d major yeah. yeah so it's not even like it's changing from a minor to a major key so yeah who knows but definitely has that lift about 215 there's just the the good old driving bass and drums thing happening mm-hmm. just doing those eighth notes yeah i like the little mini drum solo about 250 or yeah yeah this this um, song has probably even more of those little snare roll fills that I was mentioning about Recreary Road. I might have even been thinking more about the, bland, the band played The Last Melody having more of those intros to the verses. So, you know, c- coming out of the bridge here, getting into the next verse, it's just got the rolls on the drums. Not a snare roll like you might think of um, marching bands or military bands, but just hammering out on probably 16th notes just... Uh, like a fill, but just sticking on the snare drum. Yeah. There's more slidey bass stuff around 308, which kind of emphasizes the yeah. the ends of each line. Like Yeah, that's right. Coming into the chorus there. Yeah, or even during the verse, though, it's kind of like Pete sings a line, and then the bass kind of does a little slidey response. Okay, kinda, yeah. Uh, not just at the end of the verse, but kind of uh, maybe every line of that verse, or at least two, three lines in a row. The last melody When the band played the last melody When the band played the last melody Not to harp on drums and snares in particular here, (laughs) but it's kind of neat what goes on around the, just after what you were talking about, kind of, I don't know if it's going into the chorus or whatever, but around 312, Rob switches. He's been playing on the twos and the fours. He's hitting the twos and the fours for his snares. And then he switches to hitting every beat for a bar. So he goes, so instead of going like rest two, rest four, then he hits one, two, three, four. And then he does one and two rest, three and four rest. So he's uh, yeah. he, he's kind of really emphasizing the lyric that's happening right there. And I think that's the... I saw nothing or I saw no one when the band played the last melody type thing. And I I think that's kind of the lyrical um, center of the song. So it wouldn't surprise me that, that he's using kind of a, a rhythmic trick there to emphasize it as well. Uh-huh. Yes, two, yes, 
This song has, like you were saying at the beginning, loads of polish already, like lots yeah. of interesting ideas where all the band members are contributing unique parts too. They're not just mm-hmm. phoning in the demo. Yeah. Recre Road was more straightforward. It was still fine. I enjoyed it. But yeah. but uh, the band played the last melody from that tape beginning and just everybody pitching in here and there with lots of nice details. Yeah. Those slidey guitar chords, uh, they're really jumping out at 323, mm-hmm. where, do you know, the one I talk goes, it does this. <laughs> That's exactly how, how it sounds. How would I play it? Okay, yeah. So is that guitar chords or is that some sort of synth type thing happening? You think that's guitar chords, maybe? I'm, I wasn't sure what I'm it was. I'm hopeful it's a guitar, Yeah, but I don't absolutely no yeah it's it doesn't sound the same as the organ that yeah we hear in a few seconds yeah. to me it sounds like a guitar and maybe jim or martin have their whammy bar their whammy their bar. Tr- tremolo bar yeah. you know that's a bad not the right word for it nobody uses their, it for tremolo their vibrato bar ah there <laughs> and, you go anyway like where they've got the cord they just have their knee in the back of the car a guitar <laughs> the and they're guitar. pulling back on the Stray. neck there. <laughs> yeah. Bow the neck. Ooh. Yeah, and they're using those as counter like Pete sings his line. Yeah. And then they do that in between they the do spaces. The swell. Yeah, and that's where Pete gets super passionate. Yeah. He, he gets that yell for the last Yeah, he just part belts out that last one. And then at that point you've just got the swells going on and then the organ comes in and the rest of the band kind of backs out. For the long, drawn out, but not boring no, ending. It's a good ending. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a, at about 3.35 after Pete's final scream kind yeah. of shout thing. In a way, it feels like the electric guitar is playing that last melody mm-hmm. that they're talking about. Yeah. And then it drops down to that organ. And that would be a great ending to the album, yeah. too. You know, it's just, we bring you right up to the top of the mountain Pete yells the last line. We say, yeah, along with them. And then they just kind of slowly nice. put us to bed. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now, Antarctica yeah. is, is it's, it's a very quite fantastic. Good, is a good closer. Yeah. So I could imagine this being the second last song or the last song. No, see, Antarctica, maybe they were thinking at one point that this would be the last song yep. and then when they had antarctica they're like no we can't do it again hmm. where could they put this see that's the maybe I, maybe this is the end of side 1 yeah but it's it's too rockin' for the end of side 1 in a way yeah. as well this song is nice because it's it's a bit of a pickup too there's a lot of hope in this song yeah. and there's a lot of i think depending on how you interpret the lyric and really, we'd have nothing to go on, so I just insert my own meaning, as yes. I do. But I insert a lot of love into this song. And it's like, wow, what a fantastic way to end an album. Hope and love and... <laughs> ah, it's great. Yeah. So, good song. Oh, and some fun bass stuff right near the end. 351, the bass just climbs right up, and I appreciate it, Bones. I appreciate you, Bones. 
What do you think the song's about? It's about a band playing the last melody. Yeah, like but it's, it's hard not to say that this is a song about maybe even like about them in a concert kind of finishing things off. The meaning that I insert into it is I almost see this as a love song, as I've alluded to. Almost like, a, you know, this is the last dance of the wedding reception or something like that. And Pete's Pete's dancing with his wife. And yeah, the band's playing the last melody, but, you know, I don't see anything. I'm just here with my wife dancing wow, away okay. and having a yeah, great end into it. it. Yeah. Totally inserted. Like, where did that come from? I don't know where I got that from. But that's, that's just kind of what you're kind of envisioning. What that's what I pull out from from the lyric there, yeah. Yeah. So all good things come to an end, mm-hmm. um, but even the good things that come to an end, that doesn't mean it's the end. It's yeah. not, it doesn't have to be a super depressing no. thing. Yeah, we, we're we, just winding this party down. Yeah, we've all had great times in our life, and most of them, that's not the last great time we have in our life, but yeah. it's the end of a of a time. Yeah. That's what I get out of this. You know, I don't know why this song makes me think of Tragically Hip more hmm. than most Oil songs. There's a little bit more, something about Pete's delivery and the spaces he's putting in that remind me a bit more of Gord Downey's delivery yeah, style. Yeah. And I think it's partly because of a, a hip song called Goodnight Adawapiskat, yeah. <laughs> which is... It's a reserve actually north of Thunder Bay, more or less. Yeah, it is. And it's just just the same as we kind of laugh at some Australian names. This is, like, for our part of Canada, we've got these kind of names, like yeah. uh, uh, Pekanjikum and, uh, wait, my mm-hmm. Polish co-worker called Pekanjikum, Pekanjikum, <laughs> the first time he saw it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Atawapiskat. Anyway, these are the kind of names we end up with, because, yeah. I believe because of our Indigenous yeah, uh, yeah, totally. names. Yeah, yeah, in the same way that, to us, strange Australian names mm-hmm. uh, have come. But the Australian place names just sound silly. <laughs> yes, but not... <laughs> our names sound foreign. Yeah. And maybe even a little bit exotic. Australia? Come on, that's just silly. The hip song is called uh, Goodnight Attawapiskat, if you want to check it out. But for some reason, it's got a similar idea like the the hip going up to Attawapiskat sure playing a show there and saying kind of good night to them yeah um ending that that yeah. seemed the band playing the last melody yeah right hey, anyway yeah when they come out of the bridge anyway and they go into the verse after the bridge uh the line is somewhere transmitters beam about the golden rays tonight. I'll say that instead of seeing it. Somewhere, transmitters beam about the golden rays tonight. Somewhere, transmitters beam about the golden rays tonight. And I remember when we were, especially when we started getting into the Earth and Sun and Moon era lyrics. You know, we were, and then into breathe. Into breathe. We yeah. were picking up on the transmissions and the receivers and stuff like that. Yeah. And you were really into that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I, I love that theme, and it's cool that it's here. Yeah. Yeah. The idea that you can be sending, you're not necessarily being received. Yeah. That's what's different about that kind of communication compared to, you know, you and I getting together and talking. Yeah. Or even nowadays with internet. You don't necessarily know who else is reading you at the other end, but sure. you know that at least what you said went out. Yeah. It's there on Facebook or yeah. whatever. 
you know it went out. Yeah. Uh, whether or not the other person looks at it. Some, and it's kind of interesting that some social media does inform you mm-hmm. that's being read. Yeah. Or even um, send e- email. Sometimes they were trying to do those send receipts yeah. for a while, which yeah. never. But like with texts and stuff like that. And like, like well, with, sometimes you get like the, the, especially with the Apple stuff, right? You yeah. get the, oh, somebody's reading it. Yes. Yeah. So it tells you that you're receiving it. Um, the acknowledgement. The, that but, acknowledgement, yeah. which is lacking from those old style radio transmissions. Yeah. You send it out. Is anybody reading me? Is yep, anybody exactly, reading me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm sure that makes you think of like a Mad Max type scenario oh, totally. and stuff like that. And, and those exact words were being said in, uh, particularly in the third Mad Max and Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, the kids, right? They're all the kids. And they had all these echoes of old, they had old technology, but there was no power for them. The batteries were dead. Uh, there was no uh, AC power. But they were still going through these rituals of using these old systems and saying things like, does anybody read me? Yeah. yeah." And then it it relates to, you know, prayer or any other kind of wishful thinking or or when you're in trouble out at sea. Yeah. And all you have is... Sending your SOS. You're saying your SOS. It's the same kind of feeling. So, yeah. yeah. Great song. Yeah, this this is the definitely the standout of these four to me. Me too. I think this would be a bunch of Blue Sky Mining songs if I put it head to head. I would, I would put this up there mm-hmm. in the Blue Sky Mining yeah. kind of if they would. In some ways, it's kind of got a a breathe vibe to it. Yeah, I think like the sound is Blue Sky Mine. It, I think it it could fit and and do wonders for the album. Help out the album anyway. But yeah, I can see it fitting in a in a breathe era type album as well though. just because it's a little more experimental or a little bit more yeah. a different kind of story or yeah, different a kind of feel more wistful it's got yeah. some more hope to it it's got some more love in it this is calm it's gonna get you gonna knock you right in the head you better get yourself together pretty soon you're gonna be dead Instant karma. It's going to get you. I don't need to hear this one again. Okay, I don't need to hear it either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we start it again? Let me take my water. Instant karma. It's going to get you. It's going to kick you right in the face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know what's funny? Okay. Because yeah. Pete messes up the lyrics at the very beginning too, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be instant karma's going to get you... It's gonna what look you right in the face or something like that, but but he ends up singing the first line of the second verse and then comes back in with it and, and recovers <laughs> after that. Anyway, instant karma, John Lennon song from uh, 1970, and this was uh, released in 1990 as a B side for everybody's favorite, King of the Mountain. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, and doesn't Pete opens with something like this was written by somebody who lived in this town? Yeah. Uh, somebody who died in this town, too, yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then uh, his famous little bit of... Uh, just let me get my water. But like, yeah. the band is totally winding up. It's no, no, like, we're ready to play this, yeah, Pete. Everybody else is going. That's, maybe that's why he stumbles over yeah, the first I think that's why lines. he messed up. He was like, oh, no, yeah. I got to get my lines out. Yeah. It's funny, though. Okay, let's just talk a little bit about lyrics without getting into the lyrics. I don't know if it was Pete made the decision, but somebody made the decision to change lyrics in this song. What he changes in verse 2 is he sings, get yourself together, everybody, and replaces darlin with everybody mm. so he's kind of taken this from a a direct to a one person song to a, apply it to a group type song yeah like to the the crowd there or to the people in the exxon oil building yeah yeah he changes laughing at a fool like me to looking at a fool like me and then later on in the verse he changes from who in the hell do you think you are to what in the world do you think you are Hmm. Kind of softening it a little bit for a lunchtime crowd, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. So Pete is pretty good at, well, yeah, I think he is pretty good at just changing lyrics on the fly. Mm-hmm. Because he's so, like the whole band, but probably especially Pete, is so aware of his message most of the time. What What yeah. is he saying out there to those people? Yeah. And especially in this, which is a protest gig. I think he really felt like he was singing at that building. Yeah. And he was talking to those executives up on the top floor there. Yeah. You know, when he's changing these words, he may be doing it very much on the fly, but it's because it... He knows his audience. Yeah, he knows his audience. And a lot of the time, I mean, he's not perfect with remembering lyrics, but he's pretty good. And I I think he's actually saying it to sometimes to us in the audience when Mm -hmm. we go to an oils gig... Uh, or the show that, yeah, it's, th- these things come out without him really thinking, uh, it, it's not just a memorized sequence of words. Yeah. He's, he's, there's a lot of intent yeah. in what he's doing. Yeah. So those changes are probably very intentional. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they were. Yeah. Yeah. In- intentional, not in that he scribbled them all down on paper and thought, but, but. But he knows who he's talking yeah. to and, and he knows how he wants to communicate the general message to the audience, whether it be the folks in the crowd or the and the executives in the office, this yeah. is how best for me to to sing to them. Yeah. Darlin. <laughs> Darlin, yeah. <laughs> so what do you think of the choice of uh, Instant Karma for a song at the Exxon gig? Yeah, I, I guess it works because of the, the John Lennon-New York connection. Yeah. Like, it's a curious one. It's... It, I have to admit, especially in 1990, I was not familiar with John Lennon's output much at all. Like, we knew, I knew the hit Beatles songs because you couldn't escape them. But I didn't think much of the Beatles in particular then. Back then, yeah. Yeah, I I didn't get into the Beatles until the 2000s really started, like, I started buying their records, Mm -hmm. listening intently, and really started realizing, wow, these guys were amazing for. 40, 50 years yeah. <laughs> earlier. Yeah. But at that time, Instant Karma didn't mean anything. The song didn't mean anything to me. Yeah. I just kind of got this idea like... Yeah. Car- did the Beatles have a song in the Ferris Bueller movie too? And that <laughs> right. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, the idea of karma was just this idea of things coming around. Like, yeah. you know, 
what, what goes around what comes goes around, around comes around yeah just you a different way you, you reap what you sow it's just another way of saying that same truth yeah i guess yeah. the idea being we're in new york we're going to do a cover might as well do a cover from somebody who lived in new york new york he died in new york too <laughs> yeah so you're going to do a john lennon song and and what are you going to do you're either going to do instant karma or you're going to do imagine and i guess yeah thinking okay if those are the two songs that you've got to choose from i guess i'm glad you've you chose Instant Karma over Imagine. Yeah, I'm, I know Imagine's like a big song and everyone loves Imagine. Eh, I'm whatever. You yeah, know, it's a song. Yeah, it, I I don't particularly like the song Imagine, mm-hmm. and that'd be weird for the Oils to do that kind of yeah ballady. Yeah, like that totally wouldn't fit here. Yeah. So like, but like thinking of what are the big songs from John Lennon that everybody yeah has a chance of knowing it is instant karma is, the second biggest i of guess this is probably yeah. okay what else you would yeah, that's choose something i haven't looked into but yeah yeah okay and so they played it and for me it's a yeah this was this was an interesting cover i'm glad to hear them play it it was neat and i'm more or less ready to move on <laughs> okay you know yeah I, I know what you mean they brought a lot of energy to it they did yeah yeah uh, that choppy guitar, that style playing, should we talk about the music? Yeah, totally. Or, yeah, yeah. So that was really distinct to me. I couldn't think of another song at the time that has the guitars, the bass, the drum. Everybody's doing these quarter. <laughs> and that was, I think, the first time I recognized hearing that. And it wasn't until Peter Garrett's solo album, there's a sonnet called Tall Trees. Yeah. And of course, uh, Martin is playing on that also. And it is doing the same quarter note choppy. Just as the tall tree stands, I'm moved by daily passion. Just as the skies are roofed, it's over our head. It's totally there. You've got a little bit of a trippiness with the bass coming in, and then they all come in together, and it's boom, 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 boom. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. I never never thought of that connection. Yeah, that, that's when I first heard that. I was like, oh, this is like instant karma. Now, I've got Lennon's instant karma in my head right now. And what I do like musically about it, I don't hear Rob doing on this song. It seems to me, and maybe because I'm a drummer, it's a very drum-forward song and a very tom-forward song as well. Rob seems to be playing much more on the snare than um, I forget the name of the guy who ended up playing with John Lennon. So while that rhythm, Alan White. Oh yes. Alan who ended White up being in. Yes. You know, the band. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Well that, wow. Alan White played for Lennon before he went yeah, to. Yeah. As yes. a real young man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so he, yeah. He's, Cause I mean, he's good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, I yeah. mean, all the yes guys are fantastic. Yeah. Are super yeah. good. Rob does play the signature fill in the song, though. How in the world are you gonna see? Laughing at fools like me. How in the world are you gonna see? Yeah, I'm looking at a fool like me. So that's nice to hear. Yeah. And we were talking about that being uh, the beat being on the quarter note. Yes. But there is a pickup at the, at the end of every bar mm-hmm. there's an extra group yeah kinda, yeah that gives it a bit more of i don't know if 
reggae or uh yeah a little bit groove. of a swing to it a little a swing yeah a little yeah. groove yeah yeah when they hit that big chorus at 105 because all the harmony comes in will all shine is it all mm-hmm. shine on i do like that funny wandering guitar that jim does do doon do doon do doon he does this kind of wandering to me it almost sounds drunken or something oh, yeah. uh, guitar uh, if you want to play it it's uh, like 105 no you don't want to play it no i will okay I think it's Rob responding of with the vocal on and on and on. And on he, and on and on and on. Yeah. And that that is Rob, do you think? Rather than Bones? Not listening to it right now, I can imagine it being Rob's not Rob, not Bones. Yeah. 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 And it's almost like it's rather than just being a harmony. It's almost like a second vocal line yeah. because yeah. Pete's taking a total break there. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, because I think in the Lennon version of the song, the the chorus or the background singers are singing the shine on bit and Lennon comes in with the on and on and on and on. Ah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. At 2.58, that there's that fill, that really good syncopated yeah. fill from, and that, that was in the original too? Yeah. 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 Do you, how do you describe that in drum language, like those padoodles or whatever? Paradiddles. Paradiddles. Yeah, the padoodles. The padoodles. <laughs> <laughs> those cute little poodle doodles. Yeah, it's it's you've got um you're basically playing back and forth, right hand, left hand, right hand, left hand, right hand, left hand, but you're switching the emphasis from the left hand, and then you do your right, left, then emphasize the right hand, left, right, and then emphasize back to the what did I say last time? Yeah, left. left I think hand. back to yeah. left. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're kind of swinging it from one side to the other side. You're you're switching your emphasis as you're going through the beats. Yeah. Okay. So that that is the kind of fill in this. I don't then? think it is. Oh. <laughs> well, thank thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for humor. That's the one you're thinking of, eh? Well, that's part of it. Yeah. There there was a little fill at the end, but I think I was. More thinking of yeah, of and that. I think that's kind of the signature fill of the song. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was nice of them to yeah. If you're gonna play instant karma, you you might as well play the fun bits. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I do have to point out right at the very end, Rob really does do a nice little harmony ending. This little I'll call it a does cant, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Is that Rob or is that Bones, though? It just sounds so Rob to me. It sounds like something that Rob would do, yeah. Yeah. But it's up there. It is up there. But maybe Bones was helping him with the higher bet. Yeah. Maybe they were singing, like, stacked chord with uh, Rob a third or a fifth below. It seems like the kind of thing that Rob would do to me, too. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, nice. I guess if we watched the video, maybe the camera would be on him at that time. But we all know the camera's... Almost always on Pete. Yep. Because that's where the action is. That is where the action is. Oh, is he going to fall? Yeah, is he going to fall again? <laughs> <laughs> Enough of this? Yeah. Moving you don't, don't want to hear about how uh, John Lennon used the basically the chord structure from Three Blind Mice to make the song? 
Yeah, I don't want to hear about that. And how he reused it, how he lifted it from Strawberry Fields. It's basically the same song. That's right. I don't want to hear about that. Okay. You should know this. What is it? It's like the... Well, three, two, one. Three, two, one. It's three, three, two, two, one. one. Yeah. So it's... It's all you need is love. Oh, yeah. Well, sure. Yeah. All you need is love. But I mean, you can't like... Oh, I, I know. Three, two, one. I mean... It's, exactly. It's just like we were talking about the other... Every time somebody says, oh, you ripped off the song from the other one, it's like, yeah, okay. A little benefit of the doubt. There's only so many yeah, chord patterns but... that work really well for popular music. Yeah. There's a finite amount of combinations. <laughs> Even you have to agree with that. No, there there isn't unless you limit it by time yeah. and beats per... Let, let's say that we're going to have... Yeah. Some multiple to, of four. Yeah, and you'd have to say how many subdivisions you're allowed. Ooh, subdivisions. Because, That's because a good song. You have in, yes. Let's do a rush podcast. Okay. Let's do it. We would suck compared to Oh yeah. We're no good at we're not smart the only, enough. The only thing we're close to being good enough for is this midnight oil thing because we've listened forever. Yeah. I've thought about that with other music and we we couldn't do it. No. Yeah, yeah, you understand you may not believe in me well, well, say you you may not be released Jim Mogini 1990 B-side of Forgotten Years now this was written in 1986 mm. apparently um, along with Beds Are Burning and Dead Heart. This was uh, one of the songs that they were writing for the handing back of Uluru ceremony. Really? Apparently. Oh, I didn't know this. Does it thematically fit in it? I think that you can you can hear it when um, you're reading second verse. The rock is a heart. It's the dead heart. Yeah. It's the huh? rock. It's Uluru. Oh, that I is something I didn't know. I understand things aren't often planned. Under the bridge, pushed to the edge. That's the way the story often ends. There's always love. You must understand you may not be released. Do you believe it? So many things are talked about, but not much is done living in these times. The rock is a heart. Yeah, the rock ain't no stone. Stones will be thrown. You can't guess who, but you know. There's another Pete track overlaid here. Yeah, I know. I, I, I like how that's managed. the The internet has managed to copy that and paste it into every <laughs> lyric site. Somebody puts a comment down. They strip the brackets and yeah. because yeah. there's another Pete track overlaid here. <laughs> yeah, the first time I read it was what was is that what that's saying there? Oh wait, no, I understand what's happened. <laughs> there's another Pete track overlaid here. So it's a very hollow, spooky, dreamlike, otherworldly ghostly especially at the beginning but even throughout the song yeah it it is really a spooky sounding song it does fit in with blue sky mining as well because of uh i think mountains of burma yeah uh especially uh has the same kind of vibe Mm -hmm. and so this is a song like i was mentioning that i have listened to for a long time yeah that was an exciting discovery for me when i found out about these new kind of these CD singles. Mm-hmm. And as I was explained to Rihanna a day or two ago when we were listening to this, how CD singles 
on vinyl singles, it made sense to have an A side and a B side. But when you released a CD single, you know, there's no such thing as a B side on it because yeah. of the physical. And the CD could hold 74 minutes of audio. It just seems so goofy, I guess, only putting just, uh, one song or two yeah. songs on it. So they ended up turning into EPs almost, like mm-hmm. these four song releases. And some of it's remixes and some of it's... Yeah, well, with the early 90s, that's the thing that was happening. So you got the the food on the table mix of Blue Sky Mine and the some special extended version of Power and the Passion. Yeah, anyway, that was just exciting that you could find these albums of extra midnight oil content back mm-hmm. in those back in the early 90s and there were quite a few of them for a little while there yeah fun for the collector and fun for the person who can't get enough midnight oil so this song is in a minor you probably guessed it was a minor song you know what i don't even take the time to think about that i should i should make that part of the the thing that I do when I'm thinking about a song. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That, that can yeah. be my job. I can, well, it I, is your job. I know that you're going to tell me. <laughs> I'm sure you notice what time signature it's in. I didn't even bother to do my job. What? You're Darren, the drummer. <laughs> what, ty- what time signature is this in, Darren? I think you're on the right track. The fact that you're snapping your, your fingers... And counting groups of threes. Yeah. Is it a six eight? Yeah, I think it's a six eight song. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the difference. I used to think, why do they have six eight when you got three four? Yeah. Ever dumb. Why bother? But the thing about six eight is that it still has that two Yeah. It's got that one tick talk. Tick. tick. Yeah. Talk. So it feels But more... every tick and every talk has a, a three with it. Tick two three, talk two three, tick two three, talk two three, tick two three, talk two three. Yeah. While three four has that waltzing, yes. that one two three, one two three, yeah. yeah, and six eight ends up being a lot more like a rock song because of that one two one two that's yeah. underlying it. Yeah, but yes, it has that six eight um, feel. So that's neat. That yeah, I don't think the oils write a lot of six eight songs. Apparently, I'm not paying attention to them. <laughs> And there's some neat percussion. Hey, keep doing your job today, Darren. Tell us about the percussion. Well, are you talking about like that xylophony type sounding thing going on? Well, it seems to me that... Because that's kind of percussion. Yeah, it it seems to me every bar, there's like a a hammer hit or there's this metallic... I don't think that's the xylophone you're talking about. No, I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just thinking about in the beat. Okay. Clank. Yeah, this real clank. Clank. Yeah. Yeah, well, it sounds a lot... More manly than than you going <laughs> clank clank. That's true. It does sound more manly. It's, it's somebody at the anvil or driving spikes into the railroad. Yeah, it, yes. it's or separating granite from. Yeah, or maybe like mining. Yeah. I was wondering. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Again, there's that acoustic guitar rhythm under the whole song. Yes. If we exclude Instant Karma, all three songs today have this Blue Sky Mine mm-hmm. vibe. They have that acoustic yep. guitar underlying that bed yep. that's all resting on. Have I already missed my uh, my opportunity to talk about that 
xylophone. Well, yeah, like tell keyboard. us about that xylophone. Well, I don't know. It's just I I don't know what instrument that is. It kind of sounds xylophony, but I don't imagine they had a xylophone in the studio for this. It's probably Keys doing it, but it's got that sound to it. You must understand. You Okay, now I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, rather than the xylophones, it sounds like those wooden, pitched. the wooden version of the xylophone. Yeah, the wooden which xylophone, which is called a. Who can think of it first without looking it up? <laughs> let's not. Let's oh, just look on, it no, up. Let's do it. It's called a wooden xylophone. No, it's not. Glockenspiels are just exactly. You're gonna hold it up here and do this with the Glock. Yeah, with the Glock. Okay, how about one with an M? Marimba. Yeah, do you want to say marimba? I'm guessing marimba. Yeah, probably a marimba. Oh, there's also vibraphones. Vibraphones are cool, but I think it's a marimba. Yeah, I think it's a marimba too. We know nothing, but we're saying it's a marimba. Yeah, our guess is a marimba. And that's those, during the chorus, it's playing a a sparse melody in the spaces. Counter melody, maybe? Yeah, like a counter melody. Uh, in the spaces. Mm-hmm. And what's the other thing that was going, there's the hammer, but there's also during the verses. Yeah, it's just part of that spooky, ghosty sound that's going out through the whole song. Yeah, we don't know how that was done, but it was some sort of studio thing. Trickery. Trickery. It's a ghost. <laughs> uh, at about one thirty. Yeah. Pete does a really good menacing whisper. Yeah, it's... Not much is done. And that's the ghost talking to you. Like, these are the dead people that are trying to, to get your attention. They're screaming, but it's they're quiet. And that's a lot like uh, Pete does one of those menacing whispers in Bedlam Bridge mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And you're thinking Bedlam Bridge, lyrically, you're tying those two songs together. Well, lyrically, but also a- ambience, like oh, yeah. this yeah. moodiness. Yeah. So I could see, maybe they record this for Blue Sky Mine and just thought, well, this is too similar mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. And that's why it didn't make it on the album. Has some good driving bass at 2.15. Oh, we're already going to 2.15. Well, we can wait for you. <laughs> if you got. Well, we kind of talked about the fact that Pete, has kind of that double line there, right? He's got around at 145, Pete says, you can guess who, but you know. And then during the second part of that line, there's he's saying something else, maybe action or act. I don't know. Something had it coming or something had a code. Oh. I'll, I'll play it for you. Yeah, please. And you, and you tell me what you're hearing. Stones will be thrown. The ghost is is getting some more lyrics in there too. Yeah. This song, okay, you want to talk about 2.15 before we get to 2.30, right? Oh, yeah. Do you remember when we were talking about the, just kind of the song where all the the sound gets sucked out of things? Mm -hmm. It does that a couple times in this song, but what do you got first? Yeah, before that, I've got two things. Uh, Just that driving bait. It's interesting in a 6 8 song, there would still be uh, such driving bass. But, but actually, 6 8 is the time signature that a lot of 
cool Celtic music, but maybe that's mm-hmm. not really oh, yeah. the right. Do you think that's the right um, phrase to say? Uh, I got another bar on this spring, and I'm just waiting for opportunity to play it with people. But yeah, it's it's always the one two three, one two three, one two three, one two three, mm-hmm. one two three, one two three kind of thing going on. Yeah, bacon and rashers and bacon and rashers and bacon and rashers and bacon and rashers. <laughs> Is the that jigs and stuff like that? Jigs, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that this two eighteen thing. I guess when the six eighty looted you, so did the all on polyrhythms going on. Polyrhythms. You missed it. Sleeping at the wheel. You. Wasn't yeah. that a polyrhythm? Like it was it, like it could be a polyrhythm, do, but it's, or maybe it's just emphasizing he's switching from one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. I think he's switching to one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. For a couple bars there. Okay. Right? Yeah. Well, it feels to me like it's well, and Rihanna. We we're oh, talking well. about this. Rihanna would know. That you got four bars of six eight. Yeah. And then you have on top of it three bars of four four. Yeah. And that adds up. So we think the drums are doing three bars of four four yeah. over the six eight thing that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I can believe that. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And but he's just not waiting he's not doing it on the one and then waiting for his four to hit the snare again. He's hitting it on his one and three or his two and four throughout okay. that that thing. So he's getting every second beat he's yeah, yeah yeah that's it yeah. yeah yeah of course and you pointed out it's like yeah that's that's an integral part of the song that i know and that it's there and it's this why didn't i write it down because we had to go to the funeral yesterday afternoon and i didn't get to get my last <laughs> Actually, proper that's, listen that's true through. yeah a friend of ours his uh aunt died age 90 and uh darren and i are like the other brothers in the family at times yeah yeah so we went along yeah it was good to be there Okay, so are we going to talk about the... At what time does that happen? Well, we've got the building happening around 2.30. Yeah. And then we've got the quiet bit coming in at 2.40. And the, it's not like a real suck like we've heard in some of the other songs. Yeah. But it really drops down quiet. And you've got some acoustic picking happening on. And you've got some electric picking. Picking. Pick, like... Picking. And, and Darren is also visually, he's got his left hand around his guitar. Just squeezing his the right, whole neck. Yeah. And, and somehow you were talking about acoustic picking. Yes. And then electric picking. And you changed your grip for the electric <laughs> part. You know, yeah. That's right. This is, this is how you hold a, an acoustic guitar, an acoustic air guitar. That's right. And then this is how you hold an electric. Okay. Yeah. And, and Martin comes in, he's got a few of those little... I wrote down thunks, but he just kind of squonking his honky squonks. Some honky squonks. Do you remember yeah, the honky squonks? Yeah, I remember the honky squonks. Yeah, he's just got a couple just like I'm glad they're back. in there, a few honks in there, and then they all come back in at 255 for another course there. So during that, Pete is bellowing, and listen, if you can focus on Pete's kind of scream bellow thing, it's, not, it's, it's a lower scream, so I'm calling it a bellow, it almost sounds like it transmogrifies into an instrument Ooh. it's almost like his voice blends into something else you may not really 
just going, oh, 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 all right. And yeah. Yeah. He's really shaking his voice. Yeah. But what almost... do you call it when you shake your voice? Yodeling. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that's not what we're calling it. Okay. Yeah, you didn't agree last time we called something yodeling either. That's not yodeling. Yeah. Yeah. Besides just vibrato? Yeah, that's what's called vibrato. Yodeling. <laughs> so... Yodeling is just a form of vibrato. <laughs> but I guess what I'm talking about is how you'd hear Pete like going, singing de- a note. Yes. And then it starts to turn to almost this ah. And they've got this long echo on his voice yeah. as well. So Maybe that's it causing it to kind of blend. And, and the reason I highlight this is because at the end of the song, this is done really extremely, ah. but I've kind of been missing it all these years, and I really was hearing it, but we'll, we'll hear it when we get to the end. Okay. I just want to set that up, this idea of Pete's voice almost turning into a separate instrument. So they all come back in? The band's all back yeah. in for another chorus? Yeah, at 250, those you were talking about the honky squonks. Yeah. I tried to describe it as a banked. Bank. Oh, sure. Do, do you know the sound yeah, I'm talking I know about? The sound. Yeah. Bank. Yeah, is he strumming something? Is it palm muted? Is he just kind of hitting the strings? Those aren't the honky squonks, are they? Well, that's what I was... Yeah, oh. I called them honky squonks. Because yeah. honky squonks are the... Kind yeah. of thing, but these are our bonks. The first one is a real bonk, and then the yeah. second two or three, you've got more of the... A little more squonky. I was going to say there's more of the 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 plate, the reverb. Yeah, reverb. The reverb happening yeah. on it, so you can really hear the, that part of it. Okay. More of the squonk. Yeah, more of the squonk. Less of the honk. Less of the honk. Less of the bonk. Can you give me some more squonk? Yeah. Turn up your squonk dial. (laughs) Honky squonk. I wonder if there's a pedal called the honky squonk. Honky squonk. (laughs) Can I mention the really nice bass twiddle at 308? I love it. Yeah. That was one of the best. I noticed that. Yeah. See, I'm good for something. Yeah, you are good for something. Then at 3.15, the drums start doing kind of a straight beat again, while the band is still obviously doing Mm 6.8. But it sounds to me like the drums turn, I don't know, they do something different. Yeah, I think what you're hearing is Rob emphasizing the backbeat almost at that point. He switches around to that, yeah. eh? Okay, and then, do you have anything else left in this? Well, he's got the yeah, yeah, yeahs coming in. Yes. Kind of the... And this is what we're going to listen to. Let's, so let's listen to this ending. Pete start. he does the yeah, yeah, yeahs, and then he does a scream. But try to keep your focus like right, right on that scream and where it goes. And it, it's pretty incredible. It's right up there amongst... The very best Pete screams and crazy sounds. Mm-hmm. Like what we discovered, was it concrete that yeah. had the ridiculous? Intense. Yeah. This one is among the very longest, most ridiculous Pete screams, but it's a bit more subtle. It, it dives, yeah. but it's there. Oh, you it's can hear there. It. It's the ghost scream. Yeah. So listen to this.
it was like a plane landing or, or a bomb dropping. Yeah. And and then he, he gets a little bit of vocal in there even too. So like he's got this long drawn out scream and then he's got some words to say to you again and then a little bit more of a letting it trail yeah. off with the scream there. Yeah, just the way it's just descent. It does sound like an airplane landing or something. And dropping uh, the bombs. Yeah. When Rihanna and I were listening to it, we were just, once we really started tracking that that sound originated with Pete's voice and mm-hmm. maybe it's still his voice. Yeah. It just became like almost funny, not funny. Ha ha funny. Well, yeah, it just became like, oh, what's good. This is crazy. Right <laughs> what, what a sound. Yeah. And somehow it's a very smooth transition. I don't know if they use studio stuff. Yeah, I wonder stuff. how much was processed and yeah. how much is Pete just doing if it was great just stuff. Into the void, doing some like death metal, yeah. guttural. You did much better on that one. I was more controlled that time. Yeah, I was, that was careful. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Earlier you were equating sonically the song to Bedlam Bridge but I was mm-hmm. sensing maybe you had a little bit of a lyrical, seeing some parallels perhaps there as well. I've always thought the song was about a political prisoner for some oh, reason. Yeah. I don't know sure. why. Yeah, thinking about you may not be released, quite literally, okay, I am in jail. Yeah. Or a captive somehow. Yeah, and so that's why I was so surprised to hear about this uh, dead heart connection. connection. Yeah. I can understand that but i wonder where the you must understand you may not be released comes in i can i can understand it being as a gee you must understand this because you're living this obviously you get this you must understand that you're not ever going to be released aspect of it but when i was listening to it this time and perhaps because i had in my mind the uluru connection i was almost wondering if it could be taken from the point of view of an aboriginal speaking to a european saying no no you've got to get this you you must understand what i'm saying to you about this Mm. and i don't know how it follows from that you may not be released not necessarily saying you will not be released but maybe you won't be released and maybe connecting that to the oppression that they have that the european settlers have brought upon the aboriginal population it's like you're not going to get a free pass from this you've got to understand that it's not just going to be all taken care of with this that there will be residual Hmm. hard feelings or difficulties to go through Hmm. i don't i don't know i'm just you know just reading okay there's some connection here with that I wonder what this might mean. How how can I interpret this? Yeah. Well, that'd be interesting if it was the voice, like this was an Aboriginal speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. I, no clue. Just thinking things out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't know. Jim knows. You know, Jim's all over the Instagrams. Yeah. You know, he's he's a social media fella. He is. We maybe should try. somebody could somehow get this in front of him. Yeah. Maybe he... Maybe he has something to say. Well, Darren. Well, Robin. Those were some good, more Blue Sky Mining songs and some instant karma. It's going to get you. It's 
So, next time on the podcast... If you want to do your homework... If you want to do your homework, we're going to be getting into some Earth and Sun and Moon era bonus material. Oh. We're going to be listening to Wharf Rat, one of your oh, favorites. Oh, I love Wharf Rat. We're going to be listening to 21st Century Human, Red Indian, and Ships of Freedom. If you've got Chico Lacalo and Lassiter's Gold, you are set for these. Um, otherwise... You might find Wharf Rat. I've got Wharf Rat right here on this uh, sometimes CD maxi signal. Signal? Single. <laughs> and Ships of Freedom would be a B-side from... I've got half of Ships oh. of Freedom live on my YouTube channel. Yes. Yeah. Um, B-side from Outbreak of Love, Oh. which I think I have downstairs Yeah, yeah, that too. sounds right. Okay. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you're going to need some of the tank. Yeah, you get the tank, uh, which does, at least here in Canada, is on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you sign up even for a free account on Spotify, you just got to put up with all those commercials. But you can listen to the tank there. Mm-hmm. And with that, it is time to put the lid back on that overflow tank and say goodnight until next time when we will be listening to some Earth and Sun and Moon era tunes on comfortable place on the couch a midnight oil podcast suggestions comments hate mail (laughs) you can send us an email from our website thecouch.website and in addition to email you can find show notes there and that other podcast that robin and i make growing up 80s yeah we'd love to have you listen to it quite a few Comfortable Place on the Couch listeners have been listening to it, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially those of the slightly more nerdy variety that really love uh, cartoons, movies, science fiction, video games from the 1980s. We'd love to have you along. Find us on the Twitters. I'm at Darren the Folds. Yeah, and I'm at Robin Harbron, but I've been using at Bedford LVL EXP, Bedford Level Experiment, a lot more often lately. So for Robin Harbin, I'm Darren Folds. Good night. Good night. Good night.